Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This episode deals with matters that some listeners may find troubling. If you or someone you know is experiencing suicidal thoughts, please talk with someone you trust. You can access information about 24-hour crisis centers in your community and across Canada at suicideprevention.ca. And in the United States, you can reach the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline via suicidepreventionlifeline.org to chat with someone online. You matter. We need you here. Please take care of yourself and reach out if you need help. Thanks for listening to Creative Control. Uh, While I have you here, please consider supporting Youth Empowerment and Support Services, otherwise known as YES. Based in Edmonton, Alberta, YES provides immediate and low-barrier overnight and day shelter, temporary supportive housing, and individualized wraparound supports for young people aged 15 to 24. They work collaboratively within a network of care focused on the prevention of youth homelessness by providing youth with the necessary supports to stabilize their housing, improve their well-being, build life skills, connect with community, and avoid re-entry into homelessness. Learn more about how to donate or otherwise support YES by visiting YESS.org. My name is Frank Silvestri. I'm from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, not a Canadian. And Philly's really close to New Jersey, by the way. And I'm here to talk to you about why I am a Patreon supporter of Vishkana's Creative Control Podcast, the unique long-form exploration of music, comedy, art, geography, and so much more. Vish is an incredible interviewer who has a charming, disarming, funny, reverently irreverent style, which feels a lot more like a conversation with friends than a podcast interview. These conversations have included talking to people like Jeff Tweedy, Nels Klein, Ira Kaplan, Dan Romano, Carson McCone, the White Hot Lung, Juliana Riolino, and one of my all-time favorites, the Sadies. So if you're like me and you find these kind of conversations vital, essential, and important, I hope you'll join me in supporting Creative Control on Patreon. To make your flexible monthly donation to Creative Control, please visit patreon.com slash creative control today. Is this love? It feels so bad. 
Drawing blood until we both see black We're depleted but we stay on track Holding hands through every violent blast Nina Nastasia is a gifted musician, songwriter, singer, and producer who is currently, and for just the short term, living in Calgary, Alberta. Originally from Los Angeles, California, Nastasia has been making and releasing music for some 30 years, often in a dark-hued folk vein, which to date has resulted in an acclaimed discography consisting of seven albums under her own name. Following the tragic death of her longtime partner and musical collaborator in 2020, Nastasia processed that loss, but also the dysfunctional and abusive relationship that preceded it by writing songs and releasing her first album in a decade. It's called Riderless Horse, and it was released physically by Temporary Residence on November 4th, 2022. Ahead of an appearance at the 2023 Calgary Folk Festival, On the last weekend of July, Nina and I had a good talk about things like what brought her to Calgary for a spell and how she likes living in Canada, helicopters and the longest walk in the world for a dog, the difficult life she lived with her late partner, Kenan Gudjensen, how she began writing new songs while living with friends in Chicago, employing electrical audio teammates Steve Albini and Greg Norman, to head up to upstate New York and capture Riderless Horse, how its songs can be a conversation that she isn't leading, upcoming tour dates, other future plans, and much more. A part of the Entertainment One Network with the support of listeners like you, who follow and subscribe to this donor-driven podcast and spread the word about it, and make flexible monthly donations at patreon.com slash Control. That's the primary source of revenue for all the work that goes into this podcast I make. So if you can spare some uh, money and want to support the show, head over to patreon.com slash creative control if you can. And uh, thank you uh, in advance for your donation. With additional support from Blackbird Music, a well-stocked record store with uh, wonderful bricks and mortar locations in Edmonton and Calgary, Alberta. Very friendly staff will happily help you find whatever records you're looking for. Hey, if you want to, if you want to order the new uh, Nina Nastasia record, just go to blackbird.ca, type it into their boxes or whatever you know, and you're searching for your search for stuff. And if they've got it and they can send it right to your house, that's a possibility too. So if you can't make it to Calgary or Edmonton and you want to support a local record store, why not Blackbird Music? Again, learn more about how to do that at blackbird.ca. Plus, in-kind support from Pizza Trocadero, the Bookshelf, and Planted Bean Coffee in Guelph, Ontario and Granddad's Donuts in Hamilton, Ontario. This is episode 791 of Creative Control, featuring the thoughtful and wondrous Nina Nastasia with your host, me, Vish Khanna. This is love. 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 Hi, Dina. How's it going? It's going okay, I think. So far. So far, it's going okay. 
<laughs> that's <laughs> about the best one can hope for on any given day these days. Where in the world are yeah. you today? I'm in Calgary, Canada. Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. I got here on the 10th. Um, oh, today's the 1st of July, isn't it? So I got here on the Pretty 10th much. of... yeah. Yeah, I got here on the 10th of June, and I'm here until the 20... around the 22nd. Oh, cool. Well, welcome of August. to... Of August, sorry. Oh, of, of, August. August. of August. Gotcha. Yeah, so, so you're here a for... a little bit of a while. You're here in Canada for a long while, um, and uh, what brings you to Calgary, Alberta? So the Calgary Folk Festival, I'm going to play at the end of the month. And then uh, during COVID, I started, I started a band with my friend who lives here, a couple of friends who live here. And um, he was just sending me music back and forth, like guitar parts and stuff. And then I would just write uh, some melodies over that and, and lyrics. And then we ended up just recording a record with some, you know, friends over here. And then we recorded a record. We're going to, it, it'll come out. I think, I think we're putting it out in, uh, end of October. And we got a grant for me to come here and record a second record. So, so we're sort of trying to do the same thing again. Uh, Cause I've, I've never written music that way. And, uh, it, it was, it was just a kind of a new thing. So we're trying to do it again. Uh, but except with me being here, which is just, it's kind of, it's working, but it's a, it's a little slow. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a little sure. slow to figure out how to do it. And I'm trying to get settled here. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I've got like a little Airbnb place I'm, I'm living in. So it's just trying to make it kind of a little home. You know, okay. away yeah. from a home that I actually don't have a home right now. I'm kind of floating around. Hmm. So, um, yeah. So that's what I'm. That's what I'm doing here. Okay. Now I appreciate all that. Um, so, on behalf of uh, Canadians uh, everywhere, I will say welcome, <laughs> welcome, welcome to Canada. Uh, is it possible for you to cite who your collaborators are? Are they people we might know, or they're um, they are. Clint, Clinton St. John and Jeff McLeod, they are in a band called Florida BC. And uh, we're just, you know, kind of playing around with stuff. We did mm-hmm. an open mic the other night, just kind of fun. <laughs> oh, cool. Nice. Yeah. And have you, have you spent much time in Calgary before uh, this? Uh, no, long- never, never. Never. This is the I've, first time. Yeah. Well, well, welcome. I don't know if you know this, but I... I'm in Edmonton, Alberta. I uh, moved here uh, just Oh, around. really? I yeah, didn't. Mo- yeah, mo- I moved. My I'm from Ontario originally, but my family and I moved here at the end of December 2019. And uh, and then a pan- pandemic started, so sorry about that. Uh, I think us moving yeah. led to a cataclysmic, uh, you know, right. world tilting on its <laughs> Changed access. Changed everything. Change. Yes, yeah. exactly. So yeah. I think, for those who don't know, uh, Edmonton and Calgary, I think I'm about uh, a three-hour drive from Calgary uh, or... I'm guessing maybe an hour-long helicopter ride. I, I don't know why I, I, I thought of this, but it's probably have short. you ever ridden a helicopter? Yeah, just the one time. I was uh, I was in Dawson ah. City for the Dawson City Music Festival, and they have a mm-hmm. thing. I was brought in there uh, for some sort of media thing, but it was really like a tourism thing where they the tourism people bankrolled all the journalists who came to check out Dawson oh, City nice. to come to the festival. Nice. Yes. So they said you want a free helicopter ride across the around the mountains? And I said, Oh, all right. 
I guess so. And oh God, have you ever was been it a- fun or were you just? I've never been. It seems like it seems it seems. I mean, it 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 does seem amazing, mm-hmm. but you know, also ter- kind of terrifying. Yeah, I, I. So what happened was they give you these headphones uh, with a mic uh, to talk to each other to communicate because the helicopter's so loud. And right, I, I and there's not- the doors open. No, no, no. The freaking door is open. No, no, the door wasn't open. Isn't open. the door open? No, not always. You're thinking of the A-team. I wasn't on the A-team. I am thinking, <laughs> thinking of the A-team. Yeah, no. <laughs> totally, that's how I think of all helicopters. It's like the A-team. Or like, like the G.I. Joe? No, it wasn't like that. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no. Okay. No, they closed the doors, but it's still really loud. Anyway, I noticed, because on the way out to wherever we were going, we were all kind of joking and chatting, but on the way back, it was very quiet. And I I was starting to feel a little nauseous and queasy on the way back. And I when we got down there, we got off the the the, the chopper. I think is the right verbiage. I says mm-hmm. to everyone, "How's uh, you guys feeling? Kind of upset?" And everyone was just pale, white as a ghost. So something about the way back was a bit uh, more frightening. But I do recommend it wow. if you're ever in uh, Dawson yeah. City to hop on the helicopter. I've also have you ever seen that show Succession, Nina? I did. Yeah, yeah I did. I'm rewatching it. They, these wealthy, affluent people seem to get around a lot yeah. by helicopter. I noticed that. And I was like, why do they... Yeah, they all just top in a helicopter. It's weird. Yeah. I would to get from Manhattan to Long Island, one of the characters took a helicopter. And I thought, that seems extreme. That's a... Anyway, that's my main helicopter experience. But anyway, we're... It does seem extreme. <laughs> I don't know, man. Sometimes I think, yeah, a little private jet wouldn't be a bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I, I can see that. And, and if that were the case, maybe we could have done this in person since we're so close to each other. But um, in any case, I know it's true. In any case, it's nice to have you in Alberta, and uh, I'm glad you're you're enjoying yourself. Uh, are you writing songs while I you're am. here, or are you just are, are have they already been uh, organized before you started recording? Oh no, we're we're actually writing them. So so we're writing them, and. <laughs> I have to say, I have to say, I'm, I'm in a, I'm in a bit of a dry spell. Mm. Like I was, I, I was touring, and after the after the whole tour uh, stuff, I I moved out of my place. I was staying in Vermont, and I was like, okay, I'm going to be mo- nomadic, and I'm just going to just, be, I'm not going to have a home because you know I was going to be away for so long it didn't really make sense mm-hmm. and i didn't know where i wanted to plant myself so it's like this is going to be great ultimate freedom maybe it's just like on the road continue being on the road it's going to be great but then i was like feeling sick of on the road couldn't wait to get here to settle now i'm here settling and i'm just up at night going what the fuck am I, what am i doing can i say that what am, what am i doing with my what am i doing yeah. with myself it's like and then i think you know, then I'm thinking, I have no ties anywhere. I want to have ties. I want to have a home. And then I'm thinking, am I just not going to be happy in any situation? Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. So right now I'm, I'm kind of like trying to make this a temporary home, figuring out, getting my dog a little more training, you know, oh. finding a pool, swimming pool, like getting, you know, doing the things you do. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then also trying to, you know, do some writing and practicing and I gotta say I'm finding it uh, I mean if I'm gonna be like brutally honest I'm finding it a bit uh slow going (laughs) but I am I am writing I mean there there are times in writing where it has to be more of a discipline than a like sheer joy fun Mm -hmm. sometimes it's just not and and uh that's just how it goes you know you just have to have 
have a little bit of discipline. So I'm trying to, yeah, trying to do that. Do you reckon there's any correlation between the slowness of your creative output and the fact that you moved from the hustle and bustle, I believe, of New York City was probably your last uh, longstanding home. And now you're in a big city in Calgary, but uh, comparably maybe a little quaint, maybe a little slower. Is that a fair assessment? Well, no. No? Okay. Well, not quite because I I moved out of New York um, and lived for about a year in Vermont. Ah. I moved I moved to Vermont from New York. I had to get the hell out of there. And I realized, like, I don't really like cities. Mm. I mean, you know, I can't say that across the board. I mean, there's some cities that are great. But, but I, it just, I certainly can't deal with New York City right now. And, and also just the fast-paced, big, I can't, I can't really handle it anymore but the the but vermont was a little (laughs) it was a little it was amazing and it was a little but it was a little isolating and i'm not and you know i'm just i'm not decided yet where i actually want to kind of land for a period of time but um but vermont was absolutely beautiful and uh i loved it and so it's yeah it's it's it was it was good but I, I think uh, I think it's more like when everything kind of stops because there's you know being on tour certainly it's like you're constantly there's a constant movement you co- you have to do something all the time and I think I do much better because probably because I'm not the most disciplined person so I do I do better in that environment where there's things happening constantly things happening mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, I don't do as well when when things slow down a bit and I feel you know I start to feel kind of tired and you take a nap and then that makes me that bums me out and then you know, you know all those mm. things all those sure. like just being sure. human <laughs> issues Absolutely. of just being human <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah well uh, for those uh, of us who uh, have been to the United States of America uh, mm-hmm. I, I would argue I would argue that states like Vermont and Maine are among the most Canadian states uh, in mm. your country. Do you see a connection uh, between uh, your time in Alberta, just the feeling of being in Canada uh, as it might compare to being uh, outside of New York and in a place like Vermont? Any connection there? Yeah. No, actually, actually very, actually, yes. Calgary seems, I, I haven't, you know, I've like driven around quite a bit because I've found the best dog park in the friggin' world. It's so amazing. I've never I've I've never witnessed a dog park like this because usually the dog parks I go to are fairly fairly small, you know? Mm. And so um this one is like Central Park. It's huge. It's oh, got nice. all these different you know, you can go through part and it's like a the woods and you go into you jump in the 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 lake, then there's like, you know, meadows. I mean it's just all sorts of things in this one park. So it's really exciting, you know? (laughs) And so, but it's still, it still feels like a big city, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, but it's clean. So that's, you know, Vermont where I was living was, it's not at all a big city. It's like really small town. So, and 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 it's funny, like uh, that's one of the things I'm kind of coming to a realization of. It's like, I can see, I have to be kind of be careful of this because I can see a kind of chasing this, ideal thing or this chasing happiness you know and it's like mm-hmm. it's just you know like the idea of because the thing about Vermont is you know 
I loved it so much, but then I'm just like, we'll try to get a coffee. And I'm like, what the fuck? Why are you so slow? Why are you talking to that person? I need my coffee. Like, why are you so slow getting the coffee? Like, I want a New York experience. I'm going, what am I doing? Yes. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, yeah. just chill out. Or, you know, how come I can't find, you know, this. All the first world's, you know, little problems are ridiculous. But, um, yeah, sure. Yeah, I- just, just trying to find, like, I, I don't know. I mean, it, there's, I'm finding there's so much, uh, in a weird, I guess a lot of things are coming up because I'm just sort of slowed down to the point if I'm thinking about a lot of things, you know, working things out that were rather difficult, like that, you know, yeah. um, that situation the record came out of was such a was such a tough one and it's going to be a tough one to sort out for years to come i think it's yeah. not going to it's not an easy thing but anyway well don't don't no sorry don't but anyway this we're going to get into this record as best we can and i i, <laughs> I appreciate your candor uh, already uh, and and within these songs um to keep things a little bit lighter for just a moment though i want to ask about your dog uh your dog yeah. is, has your dog lived a new york life and a vermont life and now a calgary life He's never really, well, when he lives, for New York, he just goes to visit because there's times that I had to go there. Mm-hmm. And um, so he's been there enough where he, you know, he knows this Brooklyn dog park and he knows like, you know. Okay, yeah. I mean, the first time, the first time he went there, it was, he he seemed like he was very flat on the fl- on the ground, you know, like mm-hmm. he was sort of spread flat. He was kind of crawling, almost crawling on the ground because it was so overwhelming. Oh, boy. Because he was really, you know, in Vermont as like I had him at three months. So it was in, I mean, three, yeah, three months. So oh, he was okay. in yeah. Vermont. He was yeah. just like hanging out in Vermont and on, even on a farm. Just like, you know, so he was, it was a shock. The city life was a bit of a shock. Yeah, I wondered um, if, if since moving the dog to Canada, if you've noticed any uh, change in his personality. Is the dog more polite, self-effacing, overly apologetic, becoming more Canadian, <laughs> anything like that? Well, I can tell you, Canadian dogs are just the loveliest. Oh. In that big, huge park with so many dogs, there has not been one asshole dog there. Nice. Everybody is super nice. And because... Misha loves other dogs, mm-hmm. so he gets along really well, and and he's very good with dogs that are aggressive because he kind of just goes, ah, I don't want to be around that, so he right. leaves it alone. Right. Because we've gotten in some spots where you know, in Brooklyn, where there'll be like a a dog that's a bit tough, and you just you know you just got to get away from them. But there's not been a single incident. At that park, it's like, a, and, and it's huge, and there's so many different kinds of dogs there. You'd think something might go awry, but it was, it's good. But um, hmm. he has developed this, very, like we we're almost too attached. I mean, well, I'm pretty sure we're too attached. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm getting him trained now, and we're, I mean, for the second time because I got him trained before, but this is like a kind of dealing with some of these issues of he's extremely protective and it's, and he gets almost, you know, he can bark at people, Mm. which um, he's the kindest dog, but he can end up getting on this kind of almost attack mode looking, which it looks ridiculous because he's, 
he's fairly small, but, but also he's like enough to hmm. kind of make somebody nervous. And also it's just, you know, who wants that? Who wants a dog just like barking at them like that? Sure. But, um, you know, I, I also took him on tour with me all over Europe and the UK. So that was, and he did go on the Mogwai tour too of the States. So oh, he, cool. he ended up, he ended up, it's, it's just a, not an ideal situation for, a dog yeah, yeah. <laughs> to be like, you know, and so I started to feel a little bit like, what am I doing? But I mean, he does seem, he, he's, he does seem happy. I mean, I, you know, if he's with me and we go and we do go out a lot and do stuff. So I, you know, I think he's got a full life. It's just, it might not be the life he wanted, but who gets the life, the exact life you want. Well, the dog's not going to know what uh, st- the difference. It sounds to me. Uh, to paraphrase a <laughs> to, to paraphrase a Norm Macdonald joke, that dog has been on the longest walk in the world for a dog, uh, just con- <laughs> constantly moving. Right, that's what you're saying. Right. Yeah. 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 I mean, he he is. So I think he does like his routine, and he does like to have a kind of home. I mean, yeah. it's funny. He's he loves the car, so <laughs> the car is kind of like a home. Yeah. Where you know he can be always pretty calm to go on a drive in the car, you know, cause I, I actually drove here from uh, Vermont to New York to Chicago to here. And so, yeah, I mean, he was, and he's, he, he's actually an amazing on the road. He's actually qu- quite good. Well, so, sounds, sounds like he's had a lot of works. experience on the road. So yeah, he has had yeah. a lot of experience. Yeah. So that's different. Yeah. You can't compare that life, uh, your dog there to other dogs because, uh, your dog doesn't know the difference, right? Uh, the, the, well, he kind of did the first part of his, you know, the first oh, right. many yeah. months of his life, he was kind of doing the things that he was meant to do. Like we actually, there were a lot of sheep near us. So a friend of mine, <laughs> we were like, let's just see what he does. And he immediately, was he just had the instinct. He knew how to be a sheepdog. It's oh. amazing to see. So oh. I think he would, I, I think if he had a say in it, he would want me to raise sheep. Huh. Probably. Wow. So a lot of, a lot of <laughs> but, nurturing, caring, empathetic aspects to your dog. I, I believe animals do reflect their owner's uh, personalities. Do you believe in that? It scares the hell out of me because I can be very anxious. And I'd, so there's a, t- a lot of times I'm just like, oh, my God, what am I doing to this poor animal? Like this animal is going to take on all my my <laughs> my anxiety and like, sure. you know, but yeah. And I think maybe, you know, maybe he does. I mean, he's very much, he's very sensitive to, you know, body language and all that. He's very sensitive to stuff. So, I mean, his animals are. So, so I'm sure he, I'm sure that's, uh, yeah, I need to, you know, manage those things for myself. And like, we're actually, for part of the training is partially for me to, me to deal with my separation anxiety, you know, <laughs> from him mm-hmm. as well yeah. as him yeah. from me, because it's, it's, you know, cause I've decided I'm actually going back to do a short, like a two and a half week, um, UK tour in September. And for that one, I, I am dropping him off at my cousin's house. Um, oh boy. okay. And that'll be yeah. a big thing, but he loves that because there's three other dogs there. So he does, I know he'll love it there. And I don't want to, I just mm. thought, 
it's a it's a lot. It's especially the plane, the whole plane thing. Oh yeah, no, yeah, it's no, a I lot. Think you're making the right call. Yeah, you're making the right call. Yeah, I I can relate to what you're saying about your dog and and uh, you know being fearful of passing uh, along uh, uh, idiosyncratic attributes because I have two children and they're very similar to do- children are very similar to the dogs. <laughs> Dogs. I don't know how you do it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's complicated, but you're like, oh, no. Well, every time I'm mad at a child of mine, I'm like, uh-oh, they're acting like... I realize after that they're kind of acting like me, and I'm mad at myself, you know? So yeah. I feel like I can kind of... Or I'm, I'm anxious about that. Right. So I think I relate to what you're saying. When, you, when you're when you nurturing a, a creature and they start to reflect you back to you, it kind of can freak you out, yeah. is what I'm getting at. Oh, there. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and just the responsibility to another living thing is I don't know how you do it with kids. I mean, I'm constantly, I have to calm down a bit because it's, you know, I, I am constant. I, I, well, I always imagine the worst thing to happen always. I don't know what, what that's about, but you know, even if I'm driving, I imagine like, I imagine the crap, the horrible crash and like, you know, I don't know why. As, as you're driving, as I'm, not as you're. Dri- yes, as oh I'm God. driving down oh the freeway, I imagine like, well, what's the worst that can happen, and then I play it through, and then I can kind of move on with my day. But huh. that does seem to sure. be a kind of ongoing thing. So there's like a, a little bit of like, well, what if I freaking kill my dog? Like that's uh, you know, it's just oh, well. accidentally, mm. obviously, you know, obviously accidentally, and um, yeah. but. It's just this sort of feeling like, oh my god, I'm I'm gonna ruin this living thing. How? What? You know? Yeah, I had <laughs> Who to. Who might yeah. think I could do this? Yeah. I had to go to some counseling when my mother was ill. She's okay now, or yeah, oh good. Some, uh, yeah, she's fine. But I had to go because I was struggling with it. And you know, one of the main takeaways I had from the uh, person I saw there was uh, you can't control everything and life is going to happen yeah. kind of stuff. It's like, yeah. it seems sort of obvious, but like, oh, you yeah. know, I was also, I was also like, yeah, look, I'm now I'm afraid I'm going to get sick. And they're like, you're not your mother and you're not, you're, you're yeah. your own person. You're not going to yes. get sick. Or you might, and you might, and that's what life is. And, and right. so I feel like uh, that's the bargain you enter into when you do take care of a, a smaller, uh, seemingly more helpless uh, being, like a dog or a child. Mm-hmm. Man, I can't. I'm gonna get some letters about this comparing to the dogs to the children. <laughs> but uh, I'm just saying that's the par- I, part of the deal. Yeah. I had a I had a friend that was just having a baby, and I was like, Oh my god, right? It's the same thing. Like I, I was I was trying, <laughs> just got my three month my three month old puppy, and I'm just like, yeah. Oh my god, what, what when they do this? And I'm just going, Oh no, I gotta, I, I gotta step back a bit because <laughs> I'm basically comparing it like it's yeah, exactly yeah, yeah. the same thing and it's not you know it's not I, I will tell but. you the dog people who do that they drive the parent people nuts I'm like are you serious <laughs> you're seriously comparing your dog that you feed right. food like you know what are you doing like uh, it's <laughs> not the bag. same but yeah no it's not the same it's not the same <laughs> but um, I do I know. do relate to uh, it's similar but it's not the same let's can we leave it right. at that I feel we're both yeah. going to get bad yeah. letters from the dog people and the people people. <laughs> the dog people are going to go, it is exactly the same. I know. It's, it's fine. It's, yeah. it, is, it is sort of similar, but it's not the same. But the it's other not thing I can same, relate, yeah. I can relate to you on another thing, though, because uh, one of the reasons my family and I moved, my wife's family is from Edmonton originally, so it was, it was to be closer to them. But we were kind of unhappy. We were unhappy with our jobs. Mm. The real estate market was so complicated in that 
even though we owned a house, we couldn't upgrade. We had a two bedroom with four people in it. Not not sustainable. And right. we would bid on lots of houses and we wouldn't get them. So we moved out of some, you know, a, a bunch of, there's a lot of unhappiness in that stew of issues, I will say. And so we moved. Mm-hmm. But then uh, what I can, and I can relate to you moving around a bit too, uh, maybe to find the, the happiness. But one thing I've discovered is uh, if you're unhappy and you move to get happier, you know who comes with you? Yourself. Yeah, exactly. You're unhappy. Oh, no, it's, it's, yeah. Yes. So you can. It is absolutely true. Yeah. yeah. So it's not as simple as just like I'm in a new place. I'm going to be happier. You've also you're bringing yourself with you. So you you've found that yourself. Is that what you're saying? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Okay. I mean, yeah. it's like I have, I have a you know a very large ghost that comes with me, like everywhere I go. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 not. Yeah, I mean, there there are some things. I definitely think there are some things that help, like uh, certain environments help. You know, yeah. Um, I love being around water. Uh, it just immediately brings my blood pressure down to be around water, huh. and uh, you know, nature. And but a big one, you know community is the absolute huge one yeah. you know and and i think it really helps to to have a community a good community around you of mm-hmm. uh, people and um so that's an important thing too but yeah i mean even you know even an ideal situation it, if you haven't kind of figured out how to deal with some of the you know, like your own issues it's good it's that's not gonna go that's not gonna go away that's for sure but yeah yeah well i think this is a uh as good a segue as we're gonna have to to start talking about um this monumental album riderless horse uh, that came out uh i guess it's been about a year since it's been out right is that correct yeah, 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 I think so. First yeah. of all, Nina, sorry for the delay. I was busy. I didn't know that you wanted to talk to me, and I only found out recently. And I, <laughs> I, I feel badly now, but uh, no, I'm kidding. Thank you for no thank you for making time for me. <laughs> Better late than never. No, it's good. No, this is a beautiful um, album. I think it behooves me to ask you uh, to provide some insight into its background uh, for people listening to our conversation, um, because and I. Whatever you're willing to talk about, please do. I, I, sure. I feel like you've been quite candid about it. Um, before you do that, I will tell you that the lyrics and the, the music here, reading the lyrics off the page has been very moving for me and difficult on some level. And uh, the, the way it's presented is quite interesting to me because some of the phrasing and the arrangements and your approach come across sunny, come across joyous and mm. jaunty, and yet... If you actually, as my wife did, she was listening more closely one morning as we were making breakfast or whatever, and she's like, this seems very heavy and intense, but the packaging is relatively, not always the case, but generally, uh, there's joy in it, and I I want to, mm-hmm. anyway, sorry, I'm on a ramble here, and I don't mean to be, let's begin. At, no, no, it's good. Let's, let's begin at the beginning. Where did this record sort of come from? What inspired it? Well, so... Um uh, I was, I, so where do I, so where do I start? Yeah. Um, I was, 
with someone, we might as well have been married because we were together for about 25 years. And um, it was one of those things where it's weird to call him my husband because we never got married, but but also weird to you know, say boyfriend, you know, yeah, 25, <laughs> at that point. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, but anyway, so it was a extremely one of those very kind of intense relationships where right away we, we had, um, we connected very, uh, closely with and, and meshed very well creatively and all this stuff. But, uh, very quickly in the relationship, it became, um, it got, it was very controlling and, quite abusive not in a physical way but in a psychological way and uh you know someone talked to me a bit a little bit about coercive control and it had a little bit it had quite a bit of that like just just uh, very much was under his thumb Hmm. and it it got it was it's it's funny i i mean well it's it I have, I've been tried to be as candid as possible about it because I feel like it's, they're, it's an important issue and it's a confusing issue. Like, uh, it's funny. I, I don't, whenever I say abusive, even now, I've just, I feel like, oh my God, I, like, I feel like an imposter. Like, I'm not, you know, that's not actually true. I shouldn't say it's abusive, but it was, it was absolutely abusive, you know, mm. um, and so, sorry to, inter- sorry to interject. Are you drawing a delineation yeah. between physical abuse and mental abuse? Oh, oh no. Um, no. Well, I guess the thing about mental abuse can be, can be a tricky thing because, you know, there, there was, I'm not saying one is not worse than the other. They're both sure. horrible yeah. things. Um, and the difference with the physical one is you, you could lose your life, you know. Yeah. Um, but there were times where I kind of wished that I would get hit because then I could recognize what that was. I see. You know, I see. Um, it was it was hard for me to recognize it as abuse because I actually believed all the stuff that he was saying um he could be extremely cruel i don't i'm not going to get into like um i've, I've kind of decided i'm not going to get into specifics with actual things um sure. because i don't you know that's not really important and and, and the the important thing was that I, certainly for the record to, for the record as well is to write it in such a way where i i, I didn't want to vilify anyone and I don't to this day, like he's, he, he was a complicated person. I don't believe that people are just, just a hundred percent cruel, you know? Sure. I mean, they're like, they're, they're all things. Uh, some people lash out and that's a difference, you know, and can be quite hurtful. And so it got to the point where I lost, con- I, I kind of gave up control of everything in my life and you know that was that's on me too it's like I, and i'm i'm constantly thinking to myself i'm trying to figure it out now even like how did i allow how did that happen like how did i sort of fall into that relationship and stick 
with it for so long. Um, and it's, you know, it's a question I'm, I'm still trying to sort out. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But it got to a point where uh, on the outside we were trying to, it was all quite hidden. Like everything was just when we were alone together, things would be really, really terrible. And it got to the point where I was walking on eggshells with everything. And and I lost a lot of myself. And then the music, we did, you know, we did everything together. We weren't, we weren't apart ever, which was what really he needed in that relationship, you know? Yeah. Uh, so we created some, I mean, we created some amazing memories and, uh, uh, and um, in music and amazing. I'm very happy with the work that we did together. He did a lot of the, um, you know, the worked on arrangements and, and, um, you know, a lot of the production parts of it. He, he did, mm-hmm. but I was constantly failing, you know, and it, it became, such a misery and i had this feeling that i was ruining not only my life in music but but his you know uh, and so i finally it was just we were just we weren't surviving it at all and i just i just said okay um i'm going to stop doing music i'm going to basically get try to get work and just and be and and support him to do whatever he wants to do in terms of art art stuff because he did a lot of different things mm. but but he was he he had a hard time afraid of failing himself I think and so it was a lot easier to kind of put the spotlight on on me and be disappointed in me than disappointed in himself I think for mm. his own pursuits mm. that were separate to me mm. so I stopped for a long time and then. We were, I mean, it's a hard thing to explain because it was like, uh, it was almost like we were, um, I mean, we just weren't surviving in any way. We couldn't, we, we were constantly, couldn't survive financially in any way. And, and we were, we were, I knew that if we stayed together, we would just, we, I don't know what would happen. Like we were, tapped out on getting any help from anybody because we were constantly uh, so unstable. And the meanness was just, I felt like I was getting sick physically from it, you know. Absolutely, Um, yeah. And so I don't know what it was, but I knew that if I didn't, you know, right that day say we can't, we have to be apart. If I didn't do that, I would just, that would be, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't find the strength to do it ever again. I was getting much, you know, getting older and I, I, there's no way I'll be able to do this. I I had so many fears of ending our relationship. And and part of the fear was that I didn't think he could actually survive. Hmm. And unfortunately he, I mean, my biggest fear happened. Like I, I uh, said we should, you know, I, I, I said we should be apart for a while and try to be whole people before we can even think of being together. And and then I I I left to stay somewhere else and let and and with and very quickly, you know, he 
just gave me a lot of things and then and then left and and when I went back to where I was staying and went through some of those things it was like you know he had given me baby pictures and then right away I was like I need to look for him because this is just doesn't seem right mm. and um so we looked for him and so less than 24 hours and we finally found him in his art studio so and he had um uh died mm. by suicide mm. um so there was you know it was a terrible terrible event but i was so kind of determined to live that i i, I that i almost um and and i had never stopped really doing music in terms of writing or you know i just didn't pursue it i i kind of went back to it i dove into it right away yeah. and immersed myself in it and um started writing started collaborating with those friends and here and and that was stuff I, I could have, I could never do because I was always, there was always this, everything had to be so perfect. I had to be perfect and I was so not perfect. Mm. So I was constantly failing. This is, was the first time where I didn't give a shit. I, I just, I just wanted to do the thing. I, I don't, I don't, I've never had any desire to be quote unquote, the best at something that is actually impossible to be the best at anyway. It's such a subject, subjective thing. Yeah. And it doesn't, it doesn't interest me. Like I, I don't never, I just like, this is just what I'm doing now. And, and, uh, so the, it was a bit of a, you know, it's like a therapy session to just kind of vomit out that record, which is what it felt like. You know, mm -hmm. a lot of those songs were just, and they were written without any kind of scrutiny. Like I didn't, I didn't sit and, you know, go back and forth with, oh, is this good enough writing? You know, is this the writing good enough? Do I need to, is this enough? Is the poetry good enough? Like it, it didn't matter. I just, it, you know, I, I, it was, I wanted it to be raw. And so like I, I, I felt like in a way, you know, even though I had been writing the whole time back then, it, it, it felt different in that way, you know, and, and, uh, and so there was this incredible freedom, which is, you know, I mean, a suicide death. I've, I've been, I've been around a good amount of death in my life at this point. Yeah. And a suicide death is like, uh, it's like no other. It's, there is something, it comes with so much. I mean, I, I, I hear about it from other people that go through the same thing. There, there's this guilt, this constant guilt of like, oh, if I did this, or why did I do this? If I had done this, this wouldn't have happened. And, or, you know, mm. it's feeling like I killed this person, you know? Yeah. And, um, it's, uh, I don't know. It's a, it's a, it's a hard one. It's a hard one to, yeah, I you know listen, get through. Get through. <laughs> yeah, I guess no. I'm a hundred percent. I obviously I want to uh, express my sorrow and send my condolences to you, Nina. Like this is ah, uh, thank you. Quite a yeah. I, it's I don't even know 
it's amazing that you can talk about it, frankly, and and were able to express yourself on this record. Um, I mean, that's the fact that you were able to find music again after that. Um, yeah, I mean, that's the heartening part of this, I suppose. But again, um, I appreciate your candor well, talking about it. And yeah, sorry. You I, I, I almost, well, I do feel like a need to talk about it because, yeah. because you know, also like, what are we doing here? Like we're like we're all here yeah. on this friggin' earth, you know. Uh, the problem is not talking about it. I think you know. I yeah, mean, I mean, sure. yeah. anytime I hear about like the whole s- somebody committing suicide, I just want I just want to go. Oh my god! If you could have just waited, like yeah. I don't know, twenty minutes, and yeah talked to someone just that maybe you know what i mean it's like a it's such a oh my god it's such a it's it's um you know i don't know what it's like to be suicide have suicidality i've never had i i I, i've never had that um that's never been my go-to I mean, I just want to live as long as friggin' possible. So yeah. I can't, I can't imagine. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, it's, it just, you know, I do know like how, a, a, like extreme sadness and how a mood can come and, and, and how temporary it is. You know, it's just, it, it's constantly shifting and changing. And if you just find a way to, get through it I don't know but yeah. you know I mean this the sad thing about him was that he was he was extraordinary uh, he had an extraordinary brain it unfortunately didn't work for him very well because it made him miserable but yeah. he he was extraordinary in what he couldn't could do artistically he was he was really inspiring uh, i learned a lot from him he had he was a, he was an incredible had an incredible understanding of what is why something might work why it wouldn't work uh in terms of writing and so i kind of learned a lot about well, learned learned a lot from him in that way of his kind of critiquing yeah yeah you know on the good days one of the days where he wasn't like you know where it wasn't so, you know, where it wasn't mean, you know what I mean? Yeah. He does sound like he was an expressive person, and I want to ask you a little bit about the narrative structure of this record uh, and some Mm -hmm. of these songs, because um, given the context of the record, I can hear your voice uh, from a personal place trying to uh, articulate feelings and thoughts about what this relationship was like, but there are songs where I feel like maybe I'm hearing his voice um, and his his perspective on on life, on you, on the relationship. Is that mm-hmm. fair? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah for for sure. Yeah. Because um, you know, I was at least during that time, and, and still even. I mean, there's there's so many. Questions. Another thing about suicide is like just, just you know, you you go through just going through this kind of 
well, I don't know if called an archaeological dig, <laughs> trying to find little hints of some answer to what 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 was going on in his sure, yeah. psyche or whatever, yeah. you know, or who he was even. Um, and so certainly, yeah, I'm sure certainly those that would come out. And I, and I, I wanted to have a little more of a perspective on who he was because because people aren't all one thing, you know, and uh, it's very easy to vilify someone, you know, and I didn't, I didn't want to do that. So, yeah. so I needed kind of needed his voice in there. Yeah, I, I, I can hear it. I can, I can hear you. Yeah. Uh, what I hear is empathy there, trying to figure out his point of view on all of these things. Um, mm-hmm. And um, it's giving voice to someone I don't know. I met, I don't. I'm not smart or wise enough to know how our brains work or the way chemicals work, but it seems to me in trying to provide him with a voice in your songs, you're also trying to answer some of these questions that you have about why someone would do something like this, uh, what their thought, thought yeah, processes yeah. might be. So I can I can only assume it's. I, I hate to use. Uh, corny terminology that we all use now as armchair psychologists, but mm-hmm. I assume this is sort of a therapeutic exercise for you to be like, Absolutely. what was he possibly thinking? And mm-hmm. maybe I can give him his voice here. Is that, uh, mm-hmm. is that accurate? Absolutely. I mean, and I think yeah. I probably, you know, I mean, there was a period of there, there was a period of time after the record, there was a period of time where, you know, like I never felt angry and I, I, I never yeah felt angry after he died at all angry at him angry at anything. and then and it almost like a i almost had a pride about it i certainly had pride about it like, well i'm not angry you know yeah. <laughs> and and uh but you know then i'd go i'd have to go into new york city and i would just be furious at the city mm. like going yeah i'm not mad at the city i'm not mad at new york city <laughs> Mad at Canon, you know, like, you know, yeah. I am mad. You know, so, I mean, I probably have less. I, it's probably good that I wrote it then, so that I could have that kind of like real need to to real real need to empathize through it. You know what I mean? And and yeah. it, I yeah. did. You know, I had a I had a moment where I realized I was getting. It was actually making me, you know. Um, was actually giving me physical pain, you know, and I I came to a realization that like, oh yeah, I'm I'm really angry, you know, <laughs> it's like, a, and you know, at myself for you know for for kind of staying in something that long or, or allowing this to happen, but you know, also like feeling as though he took a big chunk of you know my my life, even though there was like a lot. That he, he gave there was a lot of good that he gave me but yeah but also and there's also this whole thing of like i started getting mad that he didn't leave me a note saying it wasn't my fault <laughs> and and it's a yeah. little bit like i don't know what the head of a person that's about to do something so drastic you know the idea that you expect him to actually sit down and do that but you know i was kind of like was this a a fuck you to me kind of thing or I, you know and, and maybe you know maybe it was I mean, a little I don't know for, for but what it's worth you have every right to think that I mean that's yeah it's you know yeah. you're kind of like grasping at straws to try to, un- to to try to understand it you know 
but it's, it's and it's not cruel to wonder about these things. I think as you, I, in my limited experience with losing people to suicide, you can't help but have potentially a wider range of emotions, maybe than uh, when someone goes of natural causes, so to speak. I mean, particularly when people lose people to. Uh, circumstances that seem avoidable like uh, accidents or whatever mm-hmm. you, you can't help but go through the range of anger and and blaming someone something for the situation right, yeah. right? so yeah in your case sure. it, uh, again i'm i'm not skilled in this regard i have no background in it but for what it's worth i think you're um you're dealing with this very well for someone who is so closely connected to someone who by your own accounts was very psychologically manipulative, and I can see why you would draw the conclusion that this is no note, this is the final fuck you kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, mm-hmm. again, I'm not, I don't mean to sound like one of these people that knows everything, because uh, I don't want to be, right. one of them, but I'm just saying I oh, can, re- but, you know, <laughs> I relate who, to where you're coming do- from. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. I mean, who does really know? It's like, who, who really does know? I mean, it's yeah. like, it's, it, it does, you know, I mean, and even, I mean, the, the, the thing that's tough is that I will never know because he's not here to tell me, you know, uh, I'll never know what was going on, you know, uh, yeah. what he was saying. I think the, the way in which he did it was a slow, somewhat of a slower death, which means that I, what, uh, the only thing I can take is that his feeling about himself Either he wanted to learn something, or the, which is a I can see as well, but uh, also just a self hatred, you know. And it's just, it's just sad all around, sad. But yeah, it is sad. I will harken back to what I was saying about the counseling thing that I uh, went through, which was the subtext of what I think the counselor was telling me is like you can't control what other people think and do. Um, right. You can yeah. really only manage yeah. your own thoughts in a, a process like this. You can't control what your body mm-hmm. does. Sometimes we get sick, we get this, we get that. But really, right. like it's a futile effort to be worried about uh, how you can manage other people's lives uh, and thoughts right. and things like yeah. that. So yeah. I feel like there might be a connection between that line of thought and what we're talking about now. Like you. Can't. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Listen, I appreciate yeah. again your candor talking about this very difficult subject, and and I appreciate these songs. But um, one thing we haven't talked about is the way you made this record. Uh, you, uh, um, two, two members of the Electrical Audio staff, yes. traveled offsite for a field trip. Yes. Uh, Steve Albini and mm-hmm. Greg Norman, I believe, are the ones who worked with you on this record. Why did you uh, seek them out to make this record in, I believe, upstate New York instead of Chicago? Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. So I was actually, uh, for, for about, um, I think it was a month or two. I, I went over and lived with Steve and his wife, Heather. Mm. Um, I lived with them at the house and, you know, Heather had, had, had flown to New York right away. Uh, when everything happened and helped me kind of get organized, which was really great actually. Mm. Um, and so it was a great, great time to be with them. And so I just, you know, I would write these songs. And then, you know, I remember I'd just like sit on the kitchen floor. It's kind of my favorite. One of my favorite spots in their house is sitting 
right on the floor of the kitchen. They've got this great kitchen and Steve loves to cook. So he was, you know, he'd be cooking and, you know, just like play the songs like as they came, mm. you know, just sitting on the floor playing the songs and they're cooking and everything. And then, so, you know, it was a natural thing that of course Steve was going to record it because he's recorded like uh, most, I mean, almost all of the records mm-hmm. actually. There were a couple of recordings that I did. Well, one recording, but I don't even think it came out. So oh, anyway, anyway, I've got to go back and see. But <laughs> sure. Uh, so I have no memory. So, uh, you know, he was going to record it. He was, he was just like, I'll record it any way you want to do it. You know, like, let's do it. Let's record these, you know. And, um, you know, walking into electrical audio was going to be tricky. Like, I'm pretty, I can really compartmentalize a, a good a very very well pretty much mm-hmm. but but I knew that going in there it would not be a you know it would be it would be hard to walk in it because it was I've only been there with Kenan oh, and I it's see. always been that scenario where we would you know and you know and the last time I even rec- last time I recorded there it's funny it was like he was very private and we were you know nobody could know that this kind of how we interacted Hmm. nobody could know that you know and so um it ended up being a big shock which was a you know hard thing to decide to actually put out there but i felt like i should yeah and anyway so um well just because the record was pretty clear it sounded more like a diary so i thought okay better talk about it but um you know, even in the, the, there was a recording at Electrical Audio that I had done with him and I, and it, 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 it didn't, nothing came out because it was kind of like, it was not, I don't think we got a lot of good stuff because there was such, the dynamic was so rough, mm. you know, between us. And, and Steve could kind of, because at this point he's such good friends, we're such good friends, he could, tell something was going on and he actually stopped the recording and of course i was like he's like i don't know i just i don't like that he's talked to you and i was like no no no, this is how we interact it's fine it's fine everything's fine everything's fine everything's fine Mm. you know because the fallout would be too big you know if if it's anything so so it was just a not a it was not great so Heather had the, I think she was the one that had the idea, why don't you do like a sort of a field recording? We do like an Airbnb somewhere upstate, whatever. And then I I had, um, it ended up being pretty perfect because friends of mine have a house up there Mm -hmm. and it ended up being just the best scenario because uh, in the end I decided I should do it solo because I felt more solo than I'd ever been and I might as well just do it solo. (laughs) So... Greg Norman is a good friend and Steve is a good friend and both of them knew and loved Kenan, which was great, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and my friends upstate, same thing. They knew and knew Kenan for years. We knew us and, and all this was a shock, but they knew they could understand that he was more than, you know, this, this thing that was so negative, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so it ended up being like we took a little road trip, got there, set up, and they had this little guest house. It was almost like a silo. It was pretty cool looking building, and we and the acoustics were good. And we recorded in there. And then uh, Steve got 
really like the idea of getting some of the nature sounds, which um, was pre- was pretty great. And so we we did a little of that, and then and then we would just you know record during the day, and then break for you know meals, and we'd all have meals and drink wine and eat dinner and and like laugh because there's a million very funny stories about Ken, and, and then just cry about the whole thing. Yeah. Um, so it was a really beautiful, beautiful time. It couldn't have been more perfect, actually. And so, yeah, that was the, yeah. No, oh, that's, I great. mean, that's a, that's actually a lovely thing to hear. About, oh, yeah. Uh, this dif- difficult material. I wanted to ask you, so Cork and Pour and Creek and Chimes yeah. are among the tracks here that reflect <laughs> that kind of ambient recording. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. Well, we, we yeah. did do a song at the Creek and to incorporate that. And, and it ended up just sounding like shh instead of, you know, like real, I don't know. Yeah. We just, we, it didn't, it just didn't end up fitting right. So just to get the sounds <laughs> on their own kind of ended up sounding, sounding better. And the cork, the, the cork and poor thing, I was like, Oh yeah, we got to get that because that's like, if I'm, I'm having my last drink, it's the last, you know, the last song. Let's get that. Let's get that. You know? I see. Okay. So in terms of the album artwork, I'm struck. I, I only have this uh, currently digitally. So I'm staring at a computer screen when I see this or, or a telephone when I'm looking at your album art, but it seems stark and striking in its own way. Did you want to Give me some background. Give us, I guess, some background on that. Yes. So in the beginning, I got in this idea of like, I'm going to do everything myself. I'm going to lay out the thing, do the artwork, do everything, which, which, you know, so happy to not do that idea because, because my, it, this was so much better. My friend, Elizabeth Neal is like, she's a lovely painter. I, I love her work. And, you know, I just, yeah, I, I asked her, was like, I don't know if you'd want to do this, but it, you know, she, she was up for it. And, you know, we talk about doing other little projects together because, you know, I just, I really think her work is beautiful and, and, uh, is inspiring to come up with, you know, I don't know, poetry with it and all that other stuff. So we just talk about that stuff that, you know, in our, lives to figure out you know what little block of time we can do something else but but she's yeah she's a she's a great artist to check out for sure oh cool if you don't know no it's great i i i wondered if there was a connection between that and the themes of the record it does i don't know it works somehow if that makes sense yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah i mean we, we like you know looked at a bunch of pieces and we're like oh i know that we kind of agreed separately on the on that one so yeah i won't do a rudimentary uh art critique i'm not smart enough to do that uh, but i i don't know either, but, <laughs> but i do but i do think i like it it does suit the mood of the record somehow um yeah so yeah. i appreciate that well i you know, i i i don't know i just want to say i i appreciate you sharing all of this with me and my 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 listeners and and for being so candid oh, about this record. Oh, thank you. No, thank you so much. No, of course. Um, we started off kind of talking about your future plans, which is uh, unusual in a sense. Like you're working on this <laughs> stuff in Calgary, and uh, and you already sounds like you already have a release uh, date 
uh, time frame in mind. Uh, end of October, I believe you said. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So those are obviously big, big future plans. Uh, and you mentioned playing Calgary Folk Festival, among other things, and a tour in the UK. Yeah, we've. I feel like I know all your future plans already, but this is normally where I ask. So I'm going to stick <laughs> stick to my guns. Beyond all that stuff, is there anything you want to talk about that's coming up? Well, so. I am in the process of putting together um, the next record, so uh, I'm working on that, and I'll have you know, and, and hopefully I'll be able to work with. I'm gonna go back to my cousins where I'm when I'm done mm-hmm. to, with my dog, and um, I'll be staying with them for a little while, and then uh, in that time, you know, it'll be through the holidays uh, to be with family, and then I'll. I'll, I've got some friends in LA, and, and we'll we'll work on the next record. Oh, okay, cool. So, so that should be that should be fun. So I'm just trying to organize that at the same time. So we'll figure out. So that you you don't stuff. consider the Calgary Collective you're working with to be your next record? That's a whole new thing. Yeah, it's a whole new thing. Okay, that is it's a full on collaboration, which is super fun. Okay. Nice. Well, yeah. I that's exciting. I look forward to hearing and seeing more of you, hopefully, uh, uh, you know, touring about and oh, whatnot. Oh, yes, me too. Let's hope. <laughs> Let's hope. <laughs> uh, if, if people want to learn more about you or, you know, follow you on things or look at your website, stuff like that, are there, are there places you can direct people to? Oh, God, yes. And they're kind of, they're new. Oh. So I think it's, I think it's... Um, Nina Nastasia official. Uh, you can find a website, and then I do have Instagram. I think all those things will pop up. I have okay. Facebook. I'm 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 much more kind of attached to the Instagram okay. parts. Yep. But um, also do the other things as well. But but yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's fair. And the, re- and the record uh, <laughs> that we've been talking about actually came out, uh, I guess it came out digitally in July of 2022 and then on vinyl in the winter, November or something like that. Is that right? That sounds about, that sounds right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. people can order the yeah. record from your band camp or something? Yes, for sure. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, okay. Well, this was lovely. I usually ask people if we yes. can go out on a song. Uh, from a record that we've been talking about or whatever. I wonder if we can pick a song from Riderless Horse to go out on and I'll ask you to do that and maybe tell us why you chose it. Is that something you can do? Sure, yes. And it's a song that I don't I don't perform much because uh, it's just a a bear hmm. for me to do because because it's actually I get really sensitive to it because because it's just I I feel like it it is almost the spokes song for the record. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yep. So I would say, ask me. Ask me is the song you've chosen, uh, and it's like you said, yes. it's not something you. You know, it's what? not something I play often because yeah. it's just not. It's not all that much fun. <laughs> right, but you want people to hear it now, uh, of course. Well, yeah. No, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm happy with it, and I also feel like it represents. It kind of, at least lyrically, represents the record and 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 kind of the the experience. It's in general. Uh, yeah, hundred yeah, um, percent. 
it's that conflict between it is the should I stay or should I go potentially of the record if I may be uh, yeah. a little yeah. silly about it but yeah I can, absolutely it's yeah. that for yeah. sure okay yeah. yeah all right well let's hear it now this is uh, Ask Me from this brilliant new record or uh, it's older now but this brilliant latest record Riderless Horse uh, Nina thank you so much for this time I hope you enjoyed yourself and I hope we speak again someday And oh I did thank you I hope so too yeah <laughs> thank you Okay. All right. Bye. You might think best to pack up your bags, stop all of this sadness, and leave me so that I can live the very life you can't give. And what is it that you want from me? A song, a song A lonely song For us to sing to sleep Well, you might ask me why can't it be you to leave and start on your own anew? But I can't, I can't, I know what's next. I keep you alive as best as I can do. I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you But we're closer to dying each day We're trying, we're trying, we're trying, we're trying so hard Just to stop the decay But I'll be the one to choose life over illness to be born from this deadness and leave And I might think twice When the damage is done And oh, what a price I will pay For freedom, for freedom, for freedom from I love you, I love you, I love you so much that I need you to stand on your own. So I, so I will finally run to save what is left of myself. A song. A song, a lonely song for me to sing, to sleep. A song, a song, a lonely song for me to sing, to sleep.
Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Mother. Courage there, and a lot of um, joy somehow too. Uh, it's a complicated uh, conversation in a lot of ways, but I really want to thank uh, Nina for uh, making time for me and being so candid and uh, and forthright about a very difficult situation. I, um, despite the sad circumstances, it was very nice for me to be able to connect uh, with her. Uh, long admired her. So, once again, thank you to Nina. Thank you out there for listening to this conversation with Nina, uh, which happens to be the 791st episode of Creative Control, which is part of the Entertainment One Podcast Network and is available wherever it is you get your podcasts. If you can't find an episode that you're looking for or if you want to learn more about me and sign up for my uh, monthly newsletter, please visit vishkana.com. You can like Creative Control currently on Facebook or follow the show currently on Twitter at vishcreative or you can follow me directly on Twitter and Instagram at vishkana and uh, I'm on some of the other things now too, Blue Sky and uh, uh, what's the other one? Oh, Threads. I don't know. I'm on the I'm on social media. So if you want to find me, you probably can. Thank you. Also, uh, please visit Patreon.com/slash/CreativeControl to make a flexible monthly uh, donation to sustain all the work uh, that I put into making this podcast every week. Uh, Six dollars American or more grants you access to exclusive content. Uh, you get the episodes earlier than everybody else. And if you're interested in receiving a Creative Control t-shirt, just message me on Patreon and I'll get you one while supplies last. They are finally starting to dwindle. Uh, so if you really want one, just reach out on Patreon. And I'll head down to the basement and look and see if uh, I got what you need. Thank you very much. Patreon.com slash Creative Control. Thanks again to the wonderful Alberta record retailer Blackbird Music, which you can learn more about. At their website, blackbird.ca, you can order records right there, too, wherever you are in the world, I, I, I think. Never done it myself. I just go to the store in Edmonton, but I, that's my understanding. Go to blackbird.ca to learn more and tell me if I'm not right or wrong. It's the same thing. also want to thank Pizza Trocadero, The Bookshelf, and Planet Bean Coffee in Guelph, Ontario, and Granddad's Donuts in Hamilton, Ontario, all fine independent businesses who offer in-kind support for this show. Thanks, as always, to my friend Jim Guthrie for letting me use some music he makes on the show. You can learn more about Jim at jimguthrie.org. And finally, thanks again for listening to this episode with uh, Nina Nastasia and for uh, telling your friends about it and her fan, her fellow fans about it. Your fellow, well, you know what I mean. Maybe you know fans of hers. You might want to hear that and spread the word about this show. And if you can, subscribe to this podcast or follow it. That would be helpful as well. 
thank you very much uh, for listening. I will talk to you very soon. Bye for now. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.